Katie Kempner, and welcome to Perspectives, which is a series of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women. And I am very, very excited for this conversation today, in part because I'm speaking with my dear friend, Sherry Riddell Rosenberg, and in part because I'm so excited for what we're talking about, which is women, fashion, women in aging, women fashion and aging. So Sherry comes to us with a unique perspective after a long career in advertising. She went to just writing and she's a columnist at The Ageist. And that is exactly where she should be writing because she's an amazing writer. Sherry, hello. 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 How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm especially excited, as I just said, to talk with you the day after the infamous Met Gala. So thoughts. Yeah, you know, I wasn't even going to watch it. And I was just feeling like, I don't know, it just didn't feel, you know how some years the award shows are just kind of like, mm, I don't care about it. And I really wasn't caring about it. But then the hours started creeping up and I'm like, oh, let me just put on E for a couple of minutes. And then, of course, I like watched the entire red carpet, which was super awkward if you watched it on E. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's like, I just don't find those people that interesting, you know, like I find it's kind of like, how hard is it to have, you know, the best designers, the best glam, the best trainers, the best everything and put together a look like I, I just personally as someone who really does love fashion and sort of more like personal style. I really prefer looking at people on the street and how they're dressed versus that. And it's become such a costumey, like there were so many people that like, I mean, the brief was very straightforward this year. It's Karl Lagerfeld, right? And like so many people just like, were not wearing anything like Kim Kardashian wearing Schiaparelli. It's like, why are you wearing that? I don't understand. You know, it has pearls, but it's like, that's not, I don't know. Like I just felt my favorite moment was Jared Leto in the, uh, Jared Leto, how do you say his name? Leto in the, uh, in the big giant cat suit kind of. And he uh, was the only cat. Well, no, there was Doja Cat. Doja Cat had the um, prosthetic on her face and she was cat-like, but it's just so, I don't know. I I think it's lost its luster. I think it's lost its real true glamour. And we're not really living in times like that anymore, you know? So I I just, it feels very outdated to me and, and frankly, pretty silly considering the many more dire things that are happening in the world. So that's, that's my take. But I do think people had beautiful dresses and you know, Jessica Chastain took my breath away. She looked absolutely gorgeous. And Nicole Kidman looked gorgeous. And, you know, all the usual people who look gorgeous look gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wait and look at it on Instagram, but it was, it felt pretty irrelevant for the most part. Yeah. But, you know, yep. that's, and, and, and as you and really frivolous in this time. But Agreed. Agreed. But what yeah. I do want to talk about is fashion in a, in a relevant way and what's relevant to what's interesting to you right now. And, you know, I've known you for many years and and a bigger and bigger focus for you has really been about women and aging into their 50s, where we have just, uh, we're worried now, if I can say, and, and and beyond. I mean, can we start this part by just talking a little bit about why is this important to you? 
You know, fashion has been always sort of a creative outlet for me and how I express myself, not just through writing about it, but wearing it. And I think that, you know, if you are somebody, and even if you're somebody who, let's just say you're, you dress for work and you play a part and you play a role, like it's part of your story. It tells a story, right? With what you're wearing. And I think as somebody who's always watched culture and sort of came from a trend forecasting background, I think it's such an interesting indicator in where we are in culture as well, right? So it it has a lot of purpose where a lot of people think it's very shallow and superficial. It actually isn't. You know, it it shows us a lot about where we are and who we are. And I think like right now, something I've been interested in and just wrote about is this whole quiet luxury stealth wealth thing, which is, shouldn't really be a trend because it's kind of trend averse. You know, it's very classic dressing and it's 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 expensive dressing that that is like for an insider somebody somebody who doesn't really know it might look at that and be like well that just looks like a a a shift dress and you're like no that's a shift dress from the row and it probably costs four thousand dollars but it has the most beautiful draping and it's timeless and you'll have it forever and I think there's something about that you know it's it, it stems a lot from succession the tv show and how they dress on that show and shows like billions and it's it's a sort of very insider. I, I called it um, dopamine dressing for Davos. You know, like it's kind of like the equivalent, like how they how the rich really dress. You know, which is not this logo mania that we've seen, and you see this kind of influencer Gucci-fied moment that we've been. It's pretty much the opposite of that, which I think is effortless and easy and and timeless. And really, anybody at any age could wear something like that. And it doesn't have to be expensive. You know. But, you know, there's there's been so much. There was Gwyneth Paltrow's recent trial. Oh, right. And and it's so it is expensive if you're doing the full on brands. And if you know, you know, and it's not okay. by the logo, but, you know, and if you don't know, well, you know, <laughs> then oh. you just don't know. But there but there's there are a lot of ways to create that look. And I think what are some of the things in fashion for women now in their 40s going into their 50s that you really are loving right now? Well, you know, I think who's got such a great sense of style and who's just coming to her own so much is, well, I'm obsessed with her, but Michelle Obama, you know, every time I see her, you know, she has really, you know, I think she got dragged so much when she was in the White House. She kind of went into that very like housewifey kind of 50s silhouette, which I never really liked for her because she's just strong and powerful women, woman. I never understood why she was going into that very, a little bit like prim and proper kind of look. And now she's just like rocking these awesome wide leg pants with like metallic shoes. And she's wearing her hair all like wild and natural. And she just looks amazing. And I think it's like dressing with confidence is the key and whatever makes you feel confident. You know, if you feel confident in a black blazer and black pants and that's like your thing, like do that. But if you feel comfortable going a little wacky and wearing prints, like I feel like that's the whole thing. Again, it goes back to the story that you share with the world, right? And I don't think think, there's any rules. Yeah. Do you think that as you get older, um, especially now with women, as they get older, they're in better shape, you know, 50 or 55, 60, 45. It it all feels kind of, irrelevant what the actual number is because you see women that are taking great care of themselves and you don't even really know how old they are. Do you think now is a time in fashion where women that are feeling more confident try different things? Yeah, I think so. I mean, but I think you guys like know thyself, right? Like 
I probably never would have worn a dress with cutouts, like even in my 20s, like that's just not my style. And I'm seeing so many cutouts, everything has cutouts. I'm like, okay, that's not for me. But that's not because I'm like, oh, I'm 52 and I can't wear cutouts. But I'm like, that's just not for me. Like, I don't think of it as like, I'm too old for this, you know? Or, or like my husband will still buy a graphic t-shirt that has like, you know, a saying from days they're confused on it. He's like, am I too old for this? I'm like, no, you know, like, it's kind of like, it's who you are. And I think like, if you have a pretty good sense of that going in, and I've always had like a strong sense of self when it comes to how I dress, but I can understand that once certain life benchmarks change, like maybe you're empty nesting or you're not taking the kids to school or you've changed careers and you're doing your own thing and you're working out of your bedroom or your living room, you're not going into an office anymore. It causes a little bit of confusion and identity confusion. Like, what do I do now, right? Well, when you say identity confusion (laughs) in this sense, Uh what do you think is the biggest misconception about women and aging? Well, I think the biggest misconception is this whole like life is over kind of thing. Like it's kind of like, I don't understand why there's so much panic around getting older and why getting older just can't be another part of life that is as good as the other parts of life. You know, (laughs) like that's, we've created that and you have the fear mongering that I even take part of writing for beauty. I mean, there's creams to tell you, you know that they call anti-aging, which is insane. You know, it's kind of like, well, what are you doing if you're not aging? You're dying, right? So it's kind of like, I don't understand. I think there really is no construct that says like your life is over after you're 50. And I keep thinking back to that saying where we were young, that was like, never trust anyone over 30. I mean, that's what they used to say in the 60s, right? But it's kind of like, now I'm just like, don't trust anyone under 30, you know? (laughs) I'm not going to ask life advice for somebody under 30 necessarily. I might ask them advice for, you know, for certain things, but I think that's changing. I just think the whole notion of aging is changing because we are such a young generation and the way we feel about life and our health and how we look and feel, what music we listen to, our activities, you know, it's just like, I think like, you know, as Americans, we're so obsessed with youth and youth culture and sort of this old people against young people kind of scenario. But hopefully that's something that's really evolving and changing. And and like, you know, the fear of it will dissipate as people see like this can be sort of the best time of your life, you know? Well, you bring up a good point because you're, it appears European women age much more gracefully and are accepted in a much more graceful way, Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think our culture just, it's sort of like what we see on television and and how sort of media obsessed of a culture we are. And what every newscaster you see on TV looks like they're really trying to kind of run the clock, right? And and look as young as they can possibly look. And it's, you have to have, you have to kind of be stronger than that. And I think you have to have a stronger sense of identity and be like, I know who I am. You know, I, I don't need to look like Kim Kardashian or any of the, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I think the media kind of does your head in and social media and all of those things when you pay too much attention to it, you know? And I do think maybe that that whole like pop culture premium, maybe it's not as relevant in other countries. I don't know. But it seems like that's just something that we hold very dear in this country, you know? <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about social media. I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of articles and studies 
and discussions lately, important discussions around social media and how it negatively impacts young girls, young women, young kids in, in general. Um, mm-hmm. I think girls especially, but you know, I'm open to being corrected if I'm wrong about that. Um, but social media also plays a part in in women who, as they're getting older, you know, where do you see that in terms? I mean, you you know, I follow all these women. I'm the first to admit it that are older and look amazing and younger too. You know, I mean, it's a great social media is a great place to find out new things. Unfortunately, also to go shopping, especially when they quickly realize what you like to buy. Yeah. Um, but but also yeah. it can feel very damaging when you're when you you don't look the same way as somebody that you admire. Well, I think it's like this whole idea of like your actual versus your ideal self, right? And I think when you go on social media, everybody's trying to put through some image of their very ideal lives, you know. And you're looking through pictures of people's vacations in Portofino, and look at me in my fabulous dress, and I'm having drinks, and I, you know, and it it can be a little bit, it can be a bit much, you know. I think it can be a bit much. And I think it's like, I was talking to my friend about this. This might be a little too like psychobabbly, but I think when we were young or when our parents were growing up, there's this whole notion of like keeping up with the Joneses, you know, keeping up with the people in your community and in your neighborhood. And now you have the entire thing of social media, which is vast and sort of infinite, it seems, right? And you're trying to keep up with all of these people online that you don't even know, you know? So it's like, you have to kind of be careful with that. And I think like, if you're so worried about what everybody's doing in social media, like you're not really living your life, you know, and I see people when they go to an art exhibit now, like documenting the art and posing with it and taking a picture of it, but like not really looking at it. And I'm like, that's not, that's not great, you know? So I do think there's a dangerous thing of like this sort of self that you put forward on social media or the people that you follow, you know, and who you really are. And you can kind of get a little bit confused in that, in that spiral. I completely agree. How do you use it? Unfortunately, I use it to, <laughs> to buy things. I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like that. It's it's this sort of uh, conspicuous consumption, you know, and it's like like everything now. It's kind of like Uber and seamless and everything else. These sort of seamless transactions that you can do in, during your insomnia moments, you know, that are just ridiculous. You wake up, you're like, oh, my God, why did I just buy those white pads? Did I need those? No, probably not. You know, so it's, it is that, and it's like a, I think it's an addiction. I think we're all pretty addicted to it, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. But I look forward to moments in life. You know, I know I'm having a really good time somewhere when I'm not looking at my phone and I'm not posting it on social media. That's how I know I'm just being very present in the moment, you know? So I want to, so, and I looked also to social media for inspiration, definitely inspiration to wear. I'm always trying to figure out, you know, yeah. what the heck am I going to wear? I just asked you that before we even started, you know, what yeah. am I going to wear to this thing? So one thing before we just move on from fashion completely uh-huh. is, you know, there were always all these past rules for women, when to cut your hair, when to stop wearing a mini skirt. They all seem pretty ridiculous. Because yeah. if you have great cheekbones, cut your hair. If you have yeah. great legs, wear a miniskirt. But are there any rules that you think that when you women of a certain age, you may want to consider following? 
No, I mean, I don't know. I just would say, don't try to look exactly the same as you looked when you were 25. You know what I mean? Like just for your own head and your own sort of mental health, like don't try to do that. You know, like it's okay if you don't fit into the jeans you fit in when you were 25. It's totally fine. They're probably out of style anyway and you don't need to wear them. Or, you know, like move on a little bit from from your style and have fun and explore like Hopefully at this stage in the game, you're a more confident human being. You might have a few more bucks to spend on some good clothes that'll last you and, and aren't just like super trendy pieces, you know, and that you could have for a long time. I don't know. I just went to this pop-up. Do you know who Linda Roden is? Linda, um, she, mm-hmm. okay. She has a pop-up in the West Village and she's making these really cool jeans now. Like she's the coolest person you've ever seen. She's in her seventies and like, at 25, I couldn't be as cool as she is right now. You know what I mean? So it's like, and she just looks amazing. She takes care of herself. She has like a coolness to her. And it's like, I think, I think that's what it's really all about. I don't know. I don't like any of the rules. And I, I personally hate the term aging gracefully. I just don't do? appeal to me. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. I find it very like anti-feminist in a way. And I find it, to tell women to age gracefully. It's like, I'm not a graceful. I don't see myself as graceful. I mean, I'll I'll do some things with grace. I appreciate that, you know, but don't tell me I don't want to age gracefully. What does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like I'm too rebellious. I hear that. It just doesn't appeal to my sort of rebellious kind of like little bit of a punk rock DNA that I have. You know, I just don't like it. It doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. Okay, fair enough. I take that phrase to mean something a lot differently. Yeah. Is um, while at the same time, I just said, wear a miniskirt if you have great legs, which is I totally go by. Living in Miami, there is, you see women all the time that, you know, you think are one age far away and up close are totally different. So to me, aging gracefully means be the best version of yourself, embrace whatever makes you feel good, but also, and you said this too, don't try to, you know, be 25 years younger than you are or stuff yourself into shorts that don't even fit. So to me, yeah. that's what that means. But so call yeah. it whatever you want. Yeah. And, and in that same vein, it does take a little more work though to, we won't say age gracefully, although I might just have said that in my head, <laughs> to take care of yourself in a way so that you look and feel as good as possible, hopefully yeah. being healthy because healthy, obviously, and maybe I should have just said this at the beginning, you know, the outer stuff all has to do with feeling good about yourself. But of course, the inner stuff and in health is the most important. So having yeah. said that, let's talk about some of the beauty and the inner stuff of feeling good. I know you write a lot about beauty products. Yeah. What are some of the things for skin, for hair that women can be thinking about and look to use? Well, I think for hair, you know, if you're concerned about, I think a lot of women going through perimenopause and menopause have concerns about thinning hair. And it's uh, it's a little dark secret. People don't like to talk about it. But a product brand like Nutrafol is talking about it. I think it's a great product. Um, It's a supplement that you take. And it really has great results for people who are worried about thinning hair, hormonal changes, even with postpartum hair loss that happens, you know. So I think that's a really, really, really good one for hair. Um, I'm really, I don't know, like, I like this... um, 
this I like this brand Virtue. I really like their shampoo and conditioner. It just does a really good job on the frizz. Keeps everything nice and smooth. And I lately I've been having like a big obsession with all kinds of face oils. Like I like a face oil. And there's this beautiful kind of rose um, serum slash oil from Fresh that just smells incredible, super hydrating. And it just like, it's a really nice kind of, I like products that have a little bit of a sensorial experience. Like I remember during the pandemic, skincare had a huge boom because it's sort of the only time that women could have a moment to themselves in the bathroom if you have kids at home and take a minute and do some skincare. I mean, you weren't doing makeup, so you had to do something, right? To kind of make yourself feel good. Um, and of course, you cannot be without sunscreen. I think sunscreen is huge. Kula does this great illuminating um, serum that I really like that gives you a bit of a glow, um, which I love. And Paula's Choice this month is coming out with this great oil-based sunscreen for your face. That's kind of like a face oil sunscreen combination, which I think is great. So sunscreen, hugely important. Also, because of all the time we sit in front of the screens, you have no idea that that blue light really does a number on your face. So those are kind of my things. And I also think like, it's really nice. You know, I love fragrance. Fragrance is a huge thing for me. So I think it's really nice as you get older to kind of indulge or splurge on a really nice fragrance that becomes your signature thing, you know? I love it. Absolutely. So, and then for the more, you know, besides how you look, how you feel is the most important. And are there some things through the interviews that you do and, you know, the research you've done to write your stories, <laughs> are, are there some things that you find that w women are doing to uh, to de-stress however much as possible in this crazy day and age and, and relax that you could share? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in this weird moment where people have like this wellness fatigue, like I've noticed because of the wellness thing. Now you're saying maybe not people our age, but like there's people smoking cigarettes again. <laughs> then like all the kids are drinking martinis, like people are kind of like it's enough with the wellness being shoved down my throat. But in terms of real wellness and care, like I do think and I don't know if you agree, like anxiety is a big issue for women in their 50s. And women approaching menopause, like that just comes on like a beast. So I think like managing anxiety, having a good therapist, I think is really, really important, you know, in terms of de-stressing, like, I don't know if it's a de-stress for me, but I find to get out of my head and get in my body really helps me. So I love to work out, not because I'm trying to fit into those 25 year old genes, but like, it's, it's a real release for me and it feels it calms me down and kind of, it really is, well, it also boosts me up. Like it, it's a very good booster for me, you know, like, and I love these little dance classes that I take and like any exercise I can get, like I generally come out feeling better than when I walked into the room. So for me, exercise is probably my favorite. I'm fortunate enough to live in New York City where I have to say like one of my favorite things to do is just like to go for a nice walk, you know, like walk around my neighborhood just be out in the air. And I think like, since so many of us are walking from home, working from home, it's so important to get outside, you know? And if you have any keys on what people are doing to unwind and relax, that would be great. But I think talking to other women is actually really, really help it, helpful. Like I've never valued my girlfriends more than I do at this point in my life. I agree. And I count you as one of them. Excellent. So, so if people want to read your column, and they want to follow you and learn more about your work, um, 
where do they go? Okay. On Instagram, I'm Sherry Maven, S-H-E-R-I-M-A-V-E-N. If you go on We Are Ageist, my column is on there. I tend to have a column, sometimes I do once a week, sometimes it's a bi-weekly scenario. And I also have a sub stack that I put out once a month called Unapologetic. It's called the Unapologetic Woman, but it's Unapologetic Style at Substack. Excellent. I suggest, I highly suggest everyone check it out because it's entertaining and very informative. So before we sign off on this, uh-huh. and I have asked you this before, but now time has gone by. It's been the pandemic. You know, nothing is ever quite the same. Is there one piece of advice that has really helped you through your life and your career that you can share with us? You know, it's kind of changed a little bit. I always used to say like, it's something we learned when we worked together many years ago, of just this like never being able to say no to stuff, meaning like find a solution, don't say no, and just like keep going until you can make something happen. You know, don't shut things down. And I think that that, I think at this point in life, I actually like saying no to stuff I don't want to do. You know, I think I've earned the right to say no. But I think the point of that whole uh, piece of advice is just to stay curious and keep your mind very curious and just be open, you know, be open to opportunities that come your way, be open to solutions, seeing something in a different way. I think like one of the downsides of getting older is you can get a little bit stubborn and stuck in the way you do stuff. And like, I think it's really great to just stay open-minded and curious about things that younger people can teach you you know, there's always a teachable moment from everything you're doing, but you just have to be really open to it. That's perfect advice. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you.